It's time for the SwampSwamiSports.com audio podcast. It's time to talk about cutting those cable costs. Here's our February update. About a month ago, I wrote about my 2023 goal of reducing the cost of our cable television and internet expenditures. And today's story is to give you a report on how it's coming thus far. In review, our longtime internet and cable provider, the one that starts with an X, had the gall to raise our prices again to start the new year. Now, I don't mind paying money for services which provide true value. Utility companies which provide the electricity, natural gas, and water come to mind. I can reduce the cost of each of those by simply trying to use less each month. For example, I reduced our daytime thermostat while I'm here and my lovely, long-suffering sports wife is at work down to about 67 degrees. But when she gets home, the temperature returns to that toasty 68. I also habitually turn out the lights when I walk out of our room. And our television sets, well, they stay off unless someone is actually sitting down and watching something. Over the past week, we started to review our January bills. The good news is that both our natural gas and electric bills were lower than expected. Our local weather was warmer than average here in the swamp in January, and we rejoiced at the moderate cost of both of those utility bills. But then, our cable TV and internet bill arrived. Would you believe that for January 2023, we paid more money, $180, to that company rather than the two companies combined who supplied our home with electricity, that was an $85 bill, and natural gas, that was a $90 bill, or $175 total. The comparison of what we paid to stay warm in January versus the monthly cost of entertainment, which is that cable TV and internet service, is another reminder to get serious about cutting those costs. In last month's story, I gave you a few of my goals. The first one was, buy a good digital television antenna. And I did. After reviewing a variety of options, I purchased a $30, that's right, $30 Philips HD amplified antenna from our local Target store right off the shelf. Now the box claims that it has a range of up to 50 miles. And since I live about 45 miles as the crow flies from the primary television antenna farm for my market, this new antenna comes with its own amplifier, and yet it uses electricity to help boost the signal of those stations. You plug one end of it into your television's cable slot and the other into a nearby electrical outlet. Most antenna websites recommend you position this new antenna first near a window and second at the highest place feasible within your room. And as you read on, it's best to wait prior to mounting that antenna. Now you're going to have to do a little work in this next section, so plan on about 15 to 30 minutes when you consider how to install your antenna. First, find your original remote control which came with your TV set. Now on my TV, which is a Vizio, there's a button for input. And then from there, look for an option which reads TV or something like that. Once you're there, you'll need to locate on that remote another button which allows your antenna to scan for new channels. If your nifty new TV antenna is plugged in into both the TV and the electrical outlet, select Find Channels and let her rip. 
You're going to be amazed as you watch your television set progress through the digital television spectrum trying to locate signals. It usually takes about one full minute to complete. Assuming that your television has identified several local channels, use your remote control on the channels switch up or down to see which channels are now showing up. Now for football watchers, it's very important that you find a decent signal for your local Fox station for the NFC, CBS for your AFC games, and NBC for those Sunday night football games. If you want to watch more college football this coming fall, make sure that your local ABC affiliate is also found too. Now, if you didn't have very much success on this first time trying to find the channels, yeah, it's time to move that antenna to another location in your room. And you need to repeat that process. I told you it would take a little time. I did it at least four or five different locations and repeated that same TV station search. And don't laugh, guess where my best optimal antenna location was? On top of my elliptical machine. That's right, I had the best picture for Fox, CBS, and NBC up there. And then I found a different place in my room which was better for ABC and PBS. Two weeks ago, I was able to watch the NFC and AFC championship football games using an antenna only. No cable TV, no internet, complete success. After you completed the experiment, remember to return your settings in order to watch those cable television channels again. Now, if you live within 25 miles or so from the primary local TV antennas, your reception will probably be clearer than you normally see on cable TV, where the signal can get washed out a little bit. And if you're like me and you live further away from those antennas, the process of relocating that internal antenna in order to pick up those TV stations can be a bit bothersome. That's when I reminded myself of how much money I'm being asked to donate to Mr. Cable TV again this month. In a slight defense of our local cable television provider, my bill showed a $26.65 per month charge for a, quote, broadcast TV fee. Now that is how they've recouped their negotiated costs to provide you with every single local TV station within the market. Well, how did this all happen? As you might have guessed, the federal government helped create the mess. During the infancy of cable television way back in 1965, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, established must-carry rules, which mandated that cable television and satellite television providers carry your local TV stations included as part of their product offerings. Now, initially, the FCC's big concern was that cable television operators were going to omit your local channels from their product offerings. As the cable TV operators were then paying fees for highly demanded national networks like ESPN, which requires the cable company to pay them $8 a month per household, your local TV stations got in the act too. And they demanded compensation from the cable television operators in return for providing their local products on cable too. So for several years, negotiated deals are abounding for local stations too. And that's why I'm now paying that ridiculous $26.65 per month charge to Mr. Cable TV in order to watch this area's local channels. Occasionally, a local television station and the cable or satellite provider can't come to an agreement on compensation. In the number 86 TV market, in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, the local Fox TV affiliate, which carried Sunday Super Bowl game over the air, has been embroiled in a lengthy impasse all the way since last fall with a major satellite TV provider over those cable fees. If you tried to watch the big football game last Sunday over a particular satellite provider, you were completely out of luck unless you owned one of those nifty $30 over-the-air television antennas we talked about earlier. 
But now let's take another look at my cable bill. If you go to SwampSwamiSports.com and read this story, you'll notice a $10.90 regional sports fee shows up on my bill. Now that's for the privilege of being able to watch the regional NBA and Major League Baseball teams' games. And though I readily admit that I do watch a small percentage of those games being shown on that channel, it's not nearly worth $131 per year to my household. Arr, matey, this here is piracy. And it's time to make some additional changes. So what do we do next? According to my last report, second, before making any changes, be smart. And do your homework, as this can be a big investment. So the next action I took on Monday of this week was to return the second cable television box back here in my sports cave. It cost us $9 per month or $108 a year. Now to get internet television services back here on my TV, I'm going to need A, a TV set which is internet ready. This is a brand new smart TV. And if your TV is less than 10 years old, you might want to check it out. Number two, you'll need a Wi-Fi device. Now that's a small box-like device which is made by companies like Linksys, L-I-N-K-S-Y-S. It costs about 120 bucks if you go to a big box retailer. Now that takes the internet signal which comes into your house from the existing cable modem and makes it available to all the rooms in your house. And the last thing you need is a device to plug into your TV. Now I have a Roku stick Amazon makes something called a Fire Stick, and both of them are about $50 each. That allows your television to capture and translate your new Wi-Fi signal into a picture and sound on that TV set. My math confirms that I'll be able to recoup the two equipment purchases for a total of about $170 versus that $9 per month box that I've been renting from the cable TV company in about one and a half years. And once that payoff occurs, I have secured long-term victory. Woo! As for the newly configured TV in the sports cave, I still have access to the household's cable television channels. Aha! Without that $9 a month rented cable box, let me tell you how it works. As part of that Roku stick, I select and may subscribe at no extra charge from that cable TV provider, an online version of my household's cable TV channels. Now remember, I am still paying for the cable TV services with one existing box out in my living room. I successfully practiced and used this new technique for about a week or so before returning that $9 per month rented cable box on Monday. In the event I can't find a particular local channel this way, I can always power up that nifty $30 antenna, change the input settings on the TV, and watch traditional old-fashioned over-the-air TV for free. One small step for Swamp Swami, one giant leap to go. There are two additional steps which I laid out in the January initial post about making this real-life TV change. Decision number three is to add it all up and verify that your total cost of a new TV deal will be lower than what you're currently paying for. Yes, you can overspend on making changes. And decision number four is to give that current provider one final chance to make a deal. To summarize where we are as of mid-February, I have now purchased that over-the-air antenna for $30, and it works well enough here in the sports cave. I've watched the NFL playoff games without cable or internet just fine. And then, I ran a week-long test using the Roku device to see if I could still watch cable TV's online product without using that $9 per month rented box. And it succeeded, no problems. So I returned the extra cable TV box this week and have been operating on an internet-only television with support from the antenna if I need it. So the biggest remaining hurdle remains the household's most important user. Yeah, 
it's her. She doesn't watch a lot of television every night, but she does stake out in the living room. And my wife is kind of change averse. She understands about the cost issues quite well. So I'm conducting a daily little campaign to help ease her concerns and win her over with regard to making any more significant changes soon. In our next discussion, I'm going to provide you with the monthly cost and channels provided by several internet television services such as Sling, YouTube TV, and Fubo. I'll show you each channel offering and which of those companies offer it. I'll have a spreadsheet showing about 170 different channel options being offered by this group of internet-only television providers. Your own channel choices will vary significantly depending on the company you select and how much per month you're willing to pay for it. This week, I paid a personal visit to our cable TV provider to discuss our future together. Finally, I was able to learn that they are willing to unbundle these services, the cable and internet, and would charge us only $70, only $70 a month for an internet-only service. They quickly countered, though, and offered us a new combination deal for cable TV and internet, which came at a pretty significant reduction in monthly cost. That's the good news. The bad news? They wanted two-year commitment from us. And I'll share those details with you soon. Stay tuned. I'm Swamp Swami. Swamp Swami.